Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host Ashwin. I'm joined by DJ. It's a bit of an odd hour. I think we are live on YouTube, but it's a strange time, so I don't expect too many of you are tuning in live, but hopefully you listen soon. DJ, how are you doing, man? I always think about how our moods fluctuate so much on this show and the energy of this show is so different based on India's most recent result. So, but a pretty great day to record after our biggest ever ODI victory over Pakistan, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm in a pretty good mood. The cricket season finished yesterday, unfortunately, but now cricket watching season has begun. And by the my... way, you mentioned you mentioned your cricket season. Not that anybody actually listens or cares. We're here to talk about. They're here to uh, listen to us talk about India Pakistan. But you had a pretty nice knock batting at seven yesterday for your uh, club cricket team, right? Yeah, it was good. Well, I was just playing the supporting act. The guy who actually got the runs was batting at three. He got 147. Yeah, you made 61 out. or something? But we were, 69? Yeah, we were 85 for five, chasing 278. And he just needed someone to hang around with him for the rest of the overs. And we and knocked them off. 193 runs. And you picked up pretty, two for 50, I think, in eight overs. So uh, Varun was uh, very ready to proclaim you as our very own Shardul Thakur. <laughs> if you can pick up two for 50 and... Uh, and that that makes sixty yards batting at seven. You're the that's it. You're the new resident Shardul. Well, no, he didn't even try Jadeja or anything. He went straight I mean, to Shardul. I mean, you're, Hardik, you're, you're quick enough, and none Hardik seven is too low for Hardik. So I think that's basically why you're too quick for Jadeja Oof. and seven is too low for Hardik. So Shardul. Oof, anyway, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, but we're here to talk about India, India, Pakistan. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, 356 for two. See, this is all 3D chess, right? This is Jay Shah at his finest. Tell me how India got knocked out of the 2019 final, uh, World Cup semi-final. I mean, the two-day the two day international. And what does Jay Shah produce for you? The only reserve day in the Asia Cup for India-Pakistan. This is literally 3D chess. You're preparing for everything. Okay, so, let, so let's talk a little bit about this because there's a awesome. lot to unpack, right? I mean... There's a lot that's happened and we will talk in the second half of the show about the other games that happened, India-Nepal and a couple of the others this week. We're going to talk mostly Asia Cup. But, and there's a little actually a lot happening. J- David Warner made another century as an opener for Australia. There's a lot happening in the world of cricket. But we're going to start with India-Pakistan and we're going to start with the fact that it ended up becoming a two-day international, right? India batted for 24.1, I think, overs on the first day and then came back, finished the match on the second day. A lot of drama, right? Reserve day, added in. Only for India-Pakistan. And then a separate, dis- lot of discussion on like, why is it only for this one? Is this basically an Asia Cup, just a farce to get India-Pakistan to play each other? If they really want to play each other that badly and bring the eyeballs, then why don't they just play bilaterals? And TJ, what's your overall take? And then let's chat a little about some of the former cricketers who've been weighing in, especially on Twitter on this one. So uh, overall, I mean, it is, it's all been farcical, man. Like, You've seen the memes going around, right? About how Colombo's underwater, Palikale is underwater, Hambantota is underwater. Whereas there are plenty of places in Asia where which have teams that are participating in this tournament that uh, maybe the host Pakistan could have hosted it without any threat of rain. So it's all a bit silly. I mean, if you're playing cricket in, in Sri Lanka in August, <laughs> September. In season, yeah. I mean, like, come on. It, it's, it's, it is a farce and... It wasn't meant to be scheduled here. And it's, yeah, you, you, this is why you've seen this. And having a reserve day only for India-Pakistan, of course, the organizers have organized everything. The World Cup is organized having at least one India-Pakistan clash, right? Because the entire world watches it. It, it is one of the world's biggest 
watched rivalries, whether it lives up to the billing or not on the field. Yes, the MCG game did, but today's game didn't. It was completely one-sided and we've had plenty of one-sided events as well. So, I mean, it is a little farcical. It, it's a little bit unfair. It's a little bit odd to have just one. Now, India is going to play three days in a row because they've played the first day, which has got washed out 24 overs in. They then played the second day, which is a reserve day, and they didn't play from 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. onwards. They only started in the afternoon. And they, again, they had a rain delay and a rain break and stuff. So it was not like they were just trying to get the game in. It is, it's eyeballs. It's all about television. It's all about the rating. I don't want to sound too cynical, but I mean, if you wanted to really get a game of cricket in to get the players practicing, why wouldn't you start the reserve day at 10 a.m.? Giving them the biggest possible chance of completing the game. Now India finish a game that restarted at 9.20 p.m. local time. Luckily, it finished early, but you could have had that situation what happened in the IPL final, right? Like Bumrah or Shami running in at yeah. one, at one yeah. o'clock at night to bowl the final over. Which is ridiculous. And then they've got another game Tuesday, which is tomorrow, playing Sri Lanka. So India would have spent three days. So team, I mean, a team spending three days, it's good. We've got a few test players because they're used to playing three days in a row, right? Yeah, I'm not sure it's exactly the same vibe. But I mean, it's interesting. And so so here's the crazy thing for me, though, right? All the nonsense about reserve days. All the, the back and forth and why do we do this and this and that. All the, by the way, the last six to eight months of maybe more of discussion about the decline of the ODI format, right? There's a whole separate whole separate debate we can have it as well about the farce of the ticket ticket sales from the BCCI and how badly that's gone and the fact that the schedule for the ODI World Cup in India wasn't released till late, then it was changed, then it was changed again and different things and all this kind of stuff. There's a million ways to go about it. A lot of negativity about the ODI game, about the World Cup, about the scheduling, all that. And then you come out and have two centuries, a Pfeiffer, a Jaffa to dismiss the number one ODI batter in the world. And suddenly, we're so excited about it all over again. Everything is back. We're just like, is, is, are we just that fickle as India fans? I mean, I'm saying that about uh, me, you and me, not about the rest of them. Yeah, of course we are. Of course we are. We, we are, what is the flavor of the month, right? Like, if India has played badly, you're in a bad mood for the rest of the day, Ashwin. Don't, don't no, lie. No, for me. sure. When you lose for a sure, test man, match, I, you're, you're fuming by the end of the day because it's like, it dictates our mood. Yeah, and I sat here saying, man, I, like, I think the future of this sport is T20s and tests, right? Both of them are very, you know, are going to be here. And I don't know where, I don't know where ODI links belong and this and that. Uh, ODI, ODI matches belong and all that. And now I'm sitting here so excited. So with that, with that happy kind of dose of hypocrisy about our approach on the game, we're going to talk about India versus Pakistan. 228 run victory. These are a couple stats, right? Fourth biggest ever victory for India in ODIs. Fourth biggest ever. The first of which, by the way, was this year. Again, Sri Lanka. 300 and... And what is the biggest one? Like Bermuda? Yeah, the, no, the biggest was against Sri Lanka. Then Bermuda, then Hong Kong, which, you know, of course. And then Pakistan, fourth biggest. The second largest ever defeat for Pakistan by runs. This is only by runs, right? Because you can win by 10 wickets or lose by 10 wickets. So this is only by runs. Second largest ever defeat for Pakistan. Only by a margin of six runs. The fourth largest ever margin in an ODI Asia Cup. And I mean, there's, there's so many different ways you can go. It's I think it was actually... Pakistan's third lowest total against India in ODIs, 
India's biggest margin against Pakistan. So a lot of stats to a lot of stats to go behind. But across the two-day international, let's start by talking about team selection. Okay. So Shreya Sayer, I well, I don't know what's actually going on, right? Had a niggle in the net, so whatever it is again immediately after coming back. And KL Rahul comes in at number four. Incidentally, the position that Sunil Shetty batted at in one of these legends kind of games or one of these celebrity games, which I love that you were talking about, KL's father-in-law at four. But let, talk to me about that, right? KL not only came in at four, but seven or eight overs into the into the into the Pakistan's innings, picked up the gloves from Ishan Kishan. So what is what is that signal? What's the what's the think tank thinking? There's so much to unpack here because obviously the whole chat has been around who's going to bat at number four. Then Which Shankar seems like it's just perennial, right? We've been talking about number four forever, but yeah. Yeah, we've got too many contenders now. There's yeah. no problem. It's okay. You can just rotate them. I, uh, my, my sister actually sent me a great tweet which said, uh, if Rahul doesn't perform in this game, then Ayer's back spasm will be transferred to him in the next <laughs> That's game. That's amazing. <laughs> it's such a, it's such yeah. a classic. Next game. Like, like he's got yeah. a niggle or he's got like a back spasm which comes from nowhere. In fact, on this one, Ayer was on the team sheet. Yeah, and it was scratched out, right? The game. By pen. Yeah. Was that real? I couldn't tell if that yeah, was real I mean, or like some sort of doctored image. No, no. I think it was real. Wow. I think it was actually real. The other thing is uh, Shetty, Sunil. Uh, there's some great images of him going around batting at four. And I was like, maybe this is what KL actually needed to spend some time with like his father-in-law, the real coach, instead of like Dravid and, and Ravi Shastri and those guys. He's cut time away from the game. He's watched his father-in-law bash the ball around and he's like, this old man's got some tricks, so let me let me follow him. I, honestly, I think he was just yeah. fresh, right? He's, he's come out fresh. He's wanting to perform. Uh, and what a message to send. I mean, 100 from number four. He played, I think, what... I mean, on a day that Kohli scored uh, a magnificent 122, I feel almost like a traitor, but I that flick shot that he played of Shadab against the spin, it was, for me, it was a shot of the day. Unbelievable. So was it the shot of the day or the shot of both days? That was the question. It was a shot of... Because there were some nice shots on day one. Probably. But anyway, I'm being... Into- yeah, yeah. But like Rohit, you expect him to pull it and put away the full toss. He like murdered Shadab. Yeah, so let's talk about spell, it quickly, right? right? Rohit started horrendously yeah. like just just started the most slow and suddenly like 15 or 20 minutes later he had caught up to, with Shubman's strike rate and caught up with his runs I mean nice to see let's let's be clear we expect to be five for three maybe best case 15 for three or like 35 40 for three against Shaheen Naseem and Harris right like that's just what you come to expect and so seeing the openers put on over 100 runs both of them getting 50s pretty exciting good to see any comments on that Gil looked ready to go from ball one he looked aggressive. He was hitting it nicely. He was hitting it really clean. Rohit struggled a little, but then again, Shadab was the turning point a little bit for him where he started unleashing. Nice to see our openers come good. Yeah, it was. I mean, they, they came good against Nepal mm-hmm. as well. Don't forget, we won that by 10 wickets. I was pretty pissed off actually that we chose to, to field against Nepal because I was just like, what are we gaining from this? Oh, I guess we gained a little bit of form for mm-hmm. Shubman Gill who struggled against Pakistan. He looked pretty horrific. Um... And uh, Rohit as well uh, got going in that. And that almost translated into their approach in this innings because, of course, they're in the back of their mind, they would have had that those dismissals in the first game that uh, India played where we were 48 for three and then 66 for four, I think. Uh, it was a refreshing... I mean, he got, I think Rohit got off the mark with a flicked six of Shaheen. 
Uh, After five dollars, but yeah, maybe. yeah, 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 but a little bit of mm-hmm. overconfidence maybe from the Pakistanis thinking they're just going to roll up and 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 dismiss the Indian openers. They have had the wood over those guys in the recent past, but it was it was quite something to see um, us go after them. Uh, their opening bowlers, and when Shadab came on, just I mean, all yeah. hell just broke loose. It was it was clearly a targeted plan that these guys had put together to go like if once the leggy comes on, he's just going. And boy, Rohit and and Shuman just executed that perfectly. Of course, if you live by the sword, you die by it. And Rohit got out eventually, just hitting one down to long off, good catch. But the damage by then, I I would say, had actually been done. Yeah, so then let's talk about after after the dismissal, right? Like we've seen this so many times with partnerships, especially openers, when one goes, the other does too, right? I think seven or eight balls after Rohit gets out to Shadab, Shubman gets out to Shaheen. I mean, it was, it was a great delivery, don't get me wrong, or great bowling. And then, so you have Ro- Kohli came in at three, which Varun disputes the validity of despite being the best. It's only it's only, 30 it's only the best number three maybe in the history of time, right? Um and then Rahul walks in at four, and you know, not really get going, not going from from day one, from ball one, if you will, but sort of a little bit of a tentative start. What was very different to me, incidentally, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, I don't know if you do, is the amount of strike rotation straight off the bat. The difference between Rohit Gill, who were dot 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 four dot dot six dot dot, maybe the occasional two, Rahul and Kohli just rotated the strike so much more effectively. And you think back to the most traditional kind of playbooks in ODI cricket, and that's the role from over 15 through 40, right? The best players in those overs rotate strike effectively, hit the loose balls. How how noticeable was that to you, DJ, right? As you think about a 200-plus run partnership, both guys getting centuries, very different to the guys who got 50s and perished. Any thoughts? No, I mean, and that is their role, right? And it was interesting that I think one of the commentators brought up as well, Kohli's dot ball mm-hmm. percentage when he got to 100. And he played less than, I think he got to there in 84 balls. Again, I'm not the stats guy, I'm just quoting from memory. But I think he got to his 100 in about 84 balls, of which only 27 or 28 were dots. Everything else, he had like 15 twos in there. He had maybe nine fours. It wasn't, it wasn't a big boundary percentage. We just showed you how well he had rotated. I think KL was probably a bit more reliant on boundaries, a bit more in the Rohit and 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 um, and Shubman mode. But Kohli's dot ball percentage, and I'm sure you'll pull the stats up from somewhere, but I just don't know how to work. Yeah, I mean, I don't properly. have the dot ball percentage, but if you look at since they came in, right, between kind of overs 18 and 30, they hit, in which is 12 overs, they hit four boundaries between the two of them. Then in the 31st over, they hit two. In the 33rd over, they hit Two. And again, they were picking on if the car a little bit, right? In the 34th over, they hit one. In the 35th, they hit two, including a six, right? That you could just see the the acceleration kind of happen. And to me, that, that was the beauty of this partnership. It was beautifully paced. Is there a world where you sit there thinking you could have started the acceleration earlier? Now, we won by 228, so it didn't matter in the end. But is there a world where you're thinking at by like 32, 33 overs is when they started accelerating, knowing that you have... Kishan and Hardik, two of the biggest hitters uh, in the in the dugout. Would you have started the acceleration a little earlier? It's always a good question because uh, if I think they were struggling with timing a little bit. If you're watching the game and and 
you would have seen that there was a bit of both of them were still struggling with timing into the late 30 overs and maybe even into the 40th or 40th onwards they they were struggling with timing you could there's always the danger when you you've got a good start that you go a bit too early and then you don't end up getting what you get get up maybe on that track what they decided and what they thought was the batters that are set are probably the ones that are best placed to do and we saw damage. it happen right we saw them do this we saw them do the damage in the last few overs they yeah. did the damage and it was hard to start when you saw the pakistani batters come out to try and hit the ball from ball 1 i think it was only shahin shah afridi that hit 16 in the entire innings that was the 32nd over and so maybe that's the call that they took reading the pitch saying it's going to be hard for uh, even the guys of class of of of, of kishan jadeja pandya even shardul it'd be hard for these guys to come in and go from ball 1 maybe and that that's perhaps what was playing a little bit in their minds i know it's kohli kohli always kohli's mandate would have been to bat through the innings and today what we saw was fitness from both those players i mean incredible fitness to run those runs in that way the number of twos they ran just brilliant but um, i mean in the final analysis we won easily but if somehow pakistan had gotten close or chased them down that's the question that would have been asked did they go too slowly and then strike rate is overrated would have been quoted at kl etc so you've got to trust the guys to make the decision right yeah most is the week you'll take 356 i think the question is just you look at 120 and 16 overs and say what was the target in mind at that point but then again i say that but then also you say 123 we lost both openers so you have to quickly readjust and reassess i i think we can talk about this mm. all day but phenomenal batting performance just that's all there is to be said when you're numbered 1 and 2 make 50s your numbers 3 and 4 make centuries that's that's it that's what you want to do i'm not under no i'm under no illusion illusion that this is india's ability to turn it around for every game from here on but it did just give us a glimpse of what this kind of a top order with the great balance of experience and youth and energy is capable of so with that and someone is actually pointed out that all the batters in the top 7 have or, or 6 have scored runs in this asia cup so far other than jadeja yeah. and we know yeah, what he absolutely. can do right so yeah so good news, news on the batting why don't we take a really quick break dj will come back talk about the bowling and then squeeze in a few minutes to talk about the other games that happened because of course india pakistan dominates uh, our our minds we want to take a quick break we will be right back Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. DJ, we talked about the batting, right? 356 is a fantastic total, but it can be chased down. It has been chased down before. In response, to let your to to have your bowlers deliver 128 all out. I mean, it was I don't know if technically how the math works because they only got eight wickets, but then there was two who didn't show up. So I think it it counts as all out. But you know, talk to me about it. I didn't get to watch as much of it unfortunately just given time zone for me. But couple of highlights right one from everything i saw at least reading cricket uh, cricket info and cricket buzz commentaries and stuff it felt like jaspreet bumrah is back i mean five overs one for 18 doesn't do justice to it, the way i read i read or, you know I, i read his impact if you will two kuldeep yadav with a fiver right just just how great is that to see and three the ball that delivered that dismissed babar azam came from hardik pandya you know bowling all around bowling all rounder we have three 
full-time quicks in the team, or call it two with two all-rounders, if you will, for Shardul. But Babar has been in absolutely stunning form. And to get him dismissed was probably, that was probably the ball that did it. So, so walk me through your analysis of the bowling on those three things. Yeah, lots of stuff. Again, uh, 128 for eight, I guess. Uh, neither Naseem Shah batted, nor Harris Rauf batted, of course. Harris didn't even bowl today because he was uh, off for a precautionary uh, reason. And Naseem walked off in the 49th over. First time he went wicketless, apparently, in, in his career. Wow, that's a good start. No, but it's only 1415 ODS. Like, it's how still an interesting stat to say your first ever... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but then, I mean, the Bumrah spell, right? It. I think there's a Sid Monga article about this. So, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I think he encapsulates it beautifully that this is what India were missing. And I think out of that 5 for 18, there were a few, I don't know how many were wide because the ball was swinging prodigiously. Like, I think the first uh, over had five mm-hmm. whites. Uh, Kishan died but couldn't get it. Yeah, six whites. Um, and then there six were a couple whites out of 18. Yeah, so, so that's only 12 runs yeah. off the bat, right? And it's five over spell. And it was genuinely just, he came over the wicket, took the ball away from the two left-handed batters over and over again. He tried to bring one back in. That's the one that slipped down the leg side. And then he went around the wicket to, um, to Imam. Uh, and he he progressively got closer without getting too full. And he got that edge and Shubman Gill just pouched it cool as anything. It was it was quite it was quite something to watch. And I keep thinking back to like I think the the highest emotion I've ever felt in a in a cricket match has it hasn't been the World Cup final. It wasn't maybe. I was going to say Gabba not Gabba. Probably yeah. then. When Gabba happened, yeah. it was probably then. But I think the most emotional I've ever felt about cricket has been at the Lord's Test match mm. day five. I don't think I've ever felt anything like that, and that gave you a glimpse of why it felt like that. It was Bumrah swinging the ball, running in with purpose. There wasn't that aggression, obviously, because it's a bit friendlier. It's not a Test match. But then, and then Pandya coming in and bowling Babar with that ball that just hooped and took mid wicket, zing bales flying everywhere. Siraj was running in with purpose as well. Shardul got a wicket as well just after the break. It was just everything was happening. And, and that was before Kuldeep actually got into the act. Kuldeep could have ended up yeah, with that's a seven. That's true, the actually. He, he didn't have the chance to get two more wickets. There were only mm-hmm. eight wickets. And he picked up that's five great. of them. And he bowled brilliantly. There was the argument. There was somebody on on commentary. I think it was sorry. Talking about commentary, what what uh, Bumrah bowling while Wazim was commentating, it's yeah. it's actually quite amazing to to see that because obviously we've heard him talk about Virat Kohli and all of that, but to hear a great bowler commentate while another great bowler is bowling is really quite yeah. something because he 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 talks you through that. Uh, that's the commentators were saying maybe Shami should be playing mm. instead of Kuldeep because he's a better bowler. That's their best lineup and all of that. And then this guy just comes in with his blonde highlights, which I absolutely love. I don't know whether you've seen his, his new No, match. I haven't. I didn't get to watch he's him. Gone, he's got blonde highlights. Amazing. He's, he's going the Amazing. Hardik Pandya way. But I mean, just absolutely incredible. He also had a catch dropped off him by the skipper in the first over. Didn't let that put his confidence down and the he bowled fucker zaman with a with a with a flipper 
I mean, it was, it's brilliant because once you get into the tale, they're clueless, right? They have no idea what yeah. to do with him. And it was just brilliant. It's uh, to watch our boy Kuldeep, because I think the Delhi Capitals have had a big part in this rehabilitation. Because there'll be pictures of him still floating around when he's like drinking his water and in tears at KKR. But the confidence is built back and he was the one that was dropped after that England mauling in 2019. Chehel played. And for him to come back from that and be the prime wrist spinner for India, the only wrist spinner in the squad, I think is an incredible achievement. It just shows his character. Yeah, and before... And his talent. Obviously. Couldn't agree more. Before we wrap on this match, did you see che- the clip doing the rounds on social media of Chehel picking up his first uh, wicket in the county in county cricket? I think he's signed for Kent, and he just a beautiful leggy clipped the bolt, ba- beat the bat, clipped the off stump. It was just just perfect. So nice to see both of them so, doing well, but in different oh, places. I didn't yeah. See that. So interesting. Great to see. Right, DJ. Just just overall clinical. Right. Two centuries, a 5-4, exactly what we would have wanted. Do you change anything going into the tomorrow's game against Sri Lanka, knowing that so while it's not exactly a must-win, it's pretty important to, to try to cement India's chances to make the finals? Do you rest some guys? Do you rest a Bumrah, for example, who bowled? He only bowled five overs, but back-to-back days? Or, or what's the approach going into it? And Or if you win the toss, do you try to bowl first this time to give your, your players some practice for a World Cup? Ah, so actually Sri Lanka have been playing out of their skins, mm-hmm. to be honest. They have beaten mm-hmm. Bangladesh in the Nagin the Darby. Nagin Darby, um, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I love it, yeah. I don't think uh, they've they lost Bangladesh. yet, to be they got Yeah, they won both no? their, in the Asia Cup, yeah. They haven't, I think they're on a 16 ODI Same. streak or something, if I remember seeing that correctly. Unbelievable, Gosh. yeah. So And these, these are guys that you don't mm-hmm. really know. I mean, obviously, you know Dasun Shanaka and... Mm-hmm. A uh, couple of the other, Matikshana was injured and bowled a great spell and stuff. So I wouldn't take it mm-hmm. lightly because uh, we have suffered previously in at the hands of Sri Lanka at a World Cup in India. I mean, if for those of you old enough to remember 96. Burning seats in Eden and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know what we would do. I mean, maybe I don't think the bowlers exerted mm-hmm. too much. I think what you might want to do is to give some of the other... If Ayer is fit, yeah. give him a run. Give Kishan the gloves back because obviously KL took over. He missed one chance, but he took over in the sixth over from him, which I thought was interesting. What are we actually trying to do there? Because I thought Kishan was playing as the keeper, but suddenly Rahul's taken the gloves. You don't want to be in that England situation where Johnny Besto is fighting Josh Butler for the gloves because... Neither of them are 100% certain of their place in the side because, I don't know, uh, maybe Butler was more certain, maybe yeah. Besto wasn't. Um, so, I don't know what you'd exactly do, but what you can't do is take them lightly. So, play a good side. Um, I don't think you need to play, maybe Kohli doesn't need to play, maybe KL doesn't need to play because they've played, they batted a lot yesterday, yeah, today. Uh, but Ayer could play and you could give uh, Sky a game. Why not? It's not like they are bad players. I'm sure. Yeah, I think the, I think so give I think them it's just a, thing, a strategy call, right? Do you try to stick to the eleven that you that is working that you want to try to cement six seven weeks out from the World Cup, less maybe, less even? 
gosh, only a few weeks out from the World Cup. Or do you try to change it up and give some give some players opportunities? We will see what happens tomorrow. DJ, I've used almost all of our time to talk India-Pakistan. We'll, let's quickly talk about India's other match and then a couple of the other highlights on what happened because you mentioned the Nagin Derby. Let's start with India-Nepal, right? I think you mentioned the batters. Great knock by Shubman uh, and by Rohit. Nice to see them hit form. Chase down 147. It was T20-esque chase thanks to the rain. Let's talk a little bit about the bowling, though, right? We talked about how effective Kuldeep was. He picked, he went wicketless in this in that match. Of course, Jadeja picked up three. Shami played that match, picked up one. Siraj looked pretty good, but but honestly, shouldn't be conceding two hundred and thirty to a side like Nepal, right? And uh, to begin with, they didn't get a w- wicket for the first almost ten overs. A- any reactions to that? Any concerns coming out of that from the quicks? Oh, uh, we missed a lot of chances to oh, be yeah, honest. Fielding is a few the key thing to talk that, about that actually. went down. Yeah. It was it was pretty poor. You could see Rohit Sharma getting pretty frustrated with the whole situation. And I mean, eventually it was an easy win with the bat, right? Because obviously Nepal doesn't have the class of bowler to challenge that Indian batting lineup. Um, but it wasn't. It was an untidy performance from India, is what I would say. And an off day, like today was a. If today was an, a perfect day, that was an imperfect day. But that's what you're playing this tournament for, too iron out those kinks and have more perfect days than imperfect days. Right? So, I'd rather have an off day against Nepal than Pakistan because it'll make probably make you pay less for it. Yeah, I mean, well said. You have to limit the imperfect days as you get closer to a World Cup, right? So, But it, but it does happen. There was three other key matches, again, one of which being the Nag- Nagin Derby that you mentioned that I just keep repeating because I love the phrase. Uh, and then a couple other good matches that happened through the weekend between India and Nepal, right? So I know Sri Lanka just eked out Afghanistan by two runs, but in the final match of the group stage, Pakistan then beat Bangladesh, and then of course Sri Lanka beat Bangladesh. So, you want to hit some of the highlights of those matches that happened midweek? Yeah, some lowlights actually. The Sri Lanka Afghanistan game, I think, was a particular lowlight for the analysts mm-hmm. and statisticians because basically what happened there is that they could have still qualified if they'd hit a boundary or a six off the next ball. It was basically the Mumbai Indians versus Rajasthan Royals, Rahul Dravid throwing his cap after Aditya Tare hit a six. Because no one had told them they would still be able to get yeah, there. So it's net, it's net run rate math, right? And just for quick explanation, mm. if you missed it, the net run rate basically said they need to win in, I think it was 37.1 overs was the math, right? So it came down to three runs off one ball. What they didn't think through is you can win a match in cricket by not just getting, let's say, the target of target was 292 you can win a match by getting 293 294 295 because if your scores are level and you hit a six you get to 297 and that factors into your net runner which is a fascinating kind of nuance that only a sport like cricket really offers but that's the math that needed to happen right the analysts needed to say okay you either need to get 292 and 37.1 but if you don't get there like they, they just it's like drs uh, they need to, or dls excuse me they needs to be a little cheat sheet that says Rashid's on the other end. If you're not getting the six, that's okay. Take a single, tie it up, and then let him know that he needs a four or a six. If he doesn't get it, he, the four won't work. You need six like that. It just blew my mind that, yeah, I mean, at the the the, the coach, who's their coach, Jonathan Trot, at the end said, yeah, we didn't we didn't know. We didn't send the message out. And it just, at this level, all right, sorry, DJ, I took the mic from you, but it just blew my mind. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and it it reminded you a little bit of when South Africa went out of their home. Twenty two needed off one ball. 
No, no, that was 92. 2003, they blocked the last ball thinking they had tied the score. They'd won because they'd tied the score, except you've got to score yeah. one more run on DLS Gosh. to win. Yeah, just. And so, so it tells you, like, kids pay attention in maths, right? Don't just think if you're good at cricket, you'll be okay. You need to pay attention in maths mm-hmm. class also. Uh, anyway, uh, the other interesting game, as I said, was a Nagin Derby, man. And this was... Sri Lanka batted first. They were put in by um, uh, Bangladesh. We got 257 for nine. Uh, Sadira, Sama, Ra, Vikrama. I had game? not prior to this game, which probably should have. 93 of 72. Smashed Outstanding it. Outstanding knock, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, by the way. 257 doesn't look like a good score on paper, but they the way they articulated it, it was brutal to bat. Like they said, this feels like a 293-300 on most pitches, which which is fascinating. But in that context, to make 93 of 72, even more special. Right? I'm sure you can look this up, but I'm pretty sure Sri Lanka scored about 256 in that semifinal. In and 96. that would be the most specific. Anyway, keep talking as I look it up. What, what is yeah tell me tell me what they scored because i know mahanama i remember he scored like 66 no arvind has scored 66 mahanama got like 58 before he was retired okay. and i think they were about 256 I'm, i'm pulling it up is what we let's see let's see sri lanka 251 for 8 arvind okay. silva arvind 66 of 47 balls okay. my goodness okay mahanama 58 retired goodness are you looking at a scorecard Yeah, it's crap. No, it's just it's just crap That memory. This is, is what I'm saying. It's insane. Like I knew you had a good memory, but and yeah. and Arvinda bowled by Kumble, right? Middle stump went out of the ground. Mahanama carried off the ground. When the anyway, score was sorry. A, yeah, oh, again. Goodness, my goodness. I just I, that's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so, so so but it felt like a, a similar type of situation, and and Bangladesh really struggled to get going, right? They had this guy, this new kid called Tahid yeah. Ridoy, who who hung around for a really way, long time. I think I'm trying to think through. I think it was it was Ashwin on Twitter who drew attention to him. He said, "Watch out for this okay. new kid from Bangladesh." And I was just like, "Man, Ash is going to be the ultimate cricket analyst when his time comes to hang up his boots." Yeah. But and I think he he also called out drew attention to some. Some young Sri Lankan guy. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, yeah. Anyway, he's just he's had a good good luck, good um, knack of calling them or predicting them. Ashun, Ashun is just like an Indian coach in yeah. the making. Oh, right? like and Dunitwala like Lagay from Sri Lanka, who's uh, you know done pretty well with the ball. So just amazing, amazing how he saw that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but I was watching this game and basically Tikshana mm-hmm. was injured. He comes back. And he he gets hit, I think, for a, uh, he bowls a no ball. He gets hit for a six by Hridoy, and then the next ball, he gets an LBW of of Hridoy, and that effectively effectively ends the game. And it was a Pathirana came in towards the end and uh, took a wicket just to put the finishing touches on it. So it was the CSK boys that did the magic for Sri Lanka again. But they are playing. Like more than a collection of their parts, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like like New Zealand is they're a good tournament team, right? Mm-hmm. Because they play when you yeah. put them together, they play better than what you you would expect them to play. And Sri Lanka are doing that. They know their conditions. They've got the home team. They've got the crowd behind them. They've got the players to do it. 
players are relatively fit dasun shanaka led from the front here i think he took picked up three wickets the first time i think he's bowled how many overs did he bowl 9 yeah. or 10 Yes, yeah, so it's the second time he's ever bowled nine overs in his career. The first time apparently was on his debut. Amazing. So Dasun has uh, he picked because yeah, Shana was injured. He had to pick up the slack, right? And so it was. I mean, genuinely, uh, it was just a a perfect team performance, and um, there wasn't any nagging uh, dancing. But I mean, they just they're just doing well, and they are the defending champions. Lest we forget, we keep forgetting this because we. focus yeah. on india pakistan maybe a bit of bangladesh but who are the defending champions who won yeah. it the most time well said lots of action in the asia cup i think too <laughs> early to get into scenarios and predicting the the semis and the final or the you know just where we go out of the super fours the finals i you know i think as long as india puts up a fighting performance against sri lanka they'll be in a pretty good spot you know won't won't may not need a win against bangladesh if there's a win tomorrow thanks to the net run right but more to come I mean you you'll get this right like Djokovic has just won the US Open number 24 and I don't think he's played his best but champion teams and champions win even without Oh yeah without they find a way they, you find a way through you know how to win the biggest moments you don't it's not about being at your best You winning winning ugly right and today was a pretty win 326 or 356 yeah. for 2 won by yeah. 228 runs but winning ugly often is more important than these yeah. huge wins because you learn very impressed with you quoting books by uh, for, for by tennis coaches unless you just happen to say that but winning ugly is the name of a book by Brad Gilbert who coached uh, Andre Agassi to the 1994 US Open victory no and then coached Andy Roddick to 2003 US Open victory. I must have read the phrase somewhere and I've just re- excellent recycled phrase. it all right DJ lots else happening in the world of cricket we do not have time to get into it England playing New Zealand, a lot of ODIs, right? Obviously, his team's prep for the World Cup. England, New Zealand is. Oh, I'm going to two of those ODIs this mm. week, actually, because there's a Lord's ODI. Oh, very exciting! ODIs. I mean, you have to give credit to Liam Livingstone makes 95 off 78 balls, a outstanding knock. I do want to quickly hit on the fascinating Australia versus South Africa series, whereby Marnus became the the first man, maybe the only man, to come in as a concussion substitute. in the second format of a game and made 80 off 93 i mean he walks in when the score i think was 93 for 6 right 93 for 6 and makes 80 runs gets gets uh, australia over the line in partnership of course with ashton agar who made a nice 48 but yeah imagine cameron green gets retired hurt gets replaced with a concussion substitute in the form of Marnus Labuschagne who again has done this before right that's sort of how he made his he left his stamp on test cricket as a whole and then i was disappointed actually in the second odia that he got selected in the starting 11 because that's not his strongest suit you should just keep him as a permanent concussion so walks in at how great is this are we talking odi cricket between england new zealand australia India, south Pakistan. africa we thought odi yeah. cricket is and dead all of coming back to life for the world cup I think it'll be dead again the day the World yeah. Cup finishes. To be clear, yeah, but but this is what yeah. I'm saying. The way to keep it relevant is to only allow ODI cricket to be played in World Cup and Champions Trophy years, and play T20 yeah. in the other years, and then just have in Test between, cricket all through. Yeah, that's all what this. the World Test Championship is for. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, of course, I will quickly highlight that Marnus came back in the second ODI, made another century, or made a century after making his 80. David Warner. Made a century. There's a weird stat going around about how he now has the most centuries as an opener across all format 
stats. And I, I give Warner full credit, outstanding cricketer, but that's too niche a stat, right? Because Sachin opened in ODIs but played four in tests. Right? Like it's not it's not the same to say the most centuries by it all. Are we saying he's the greatest I, I, but opener? But it's such a in strange stat to say opener, opening centuries <laughs> across all formats. It's just it's just a little bit bizarre for me. But Australia put up a mammoth hundred three hundred and ninety-two. And South Africa fell short. So some work for them to do as they as they work through the next uh, three games of the five-match ODI series. DJ, we're getting close to World Cup season, so it's going to be exciting. And by the time we're back next, we'll wrap up the, the Asia Cup and we'll talk a little bit about the the lead into the to World Cup season and everything that's coming. We'll expect us to have some some fun preview episodes and then reviews as the weeks go in. We'll have some reaction episodes coming out. Lots of fun stuff with more details to follow soon. But DJ, that brings up to our, brings us to a wrap. Thanks for, for joining, chatting through it. Best days when India comes up with big wins, especially against Pakistan. And we will be right. back at the end of the Asia Cup. This is the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. As always, at one tip, one hand on all the socials. Send us in your messages, send us your tweets. Leave us a comment if this is on YouTube. Like and subscribe it. We love to hear from you. We read all the comments. So definitely do that. And we'll be back next week. This is the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast signing off. Mm-hmm.